0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Chris Jones, who's Executive Vice President, Marketing and Services at Descartes. And today, we're going to talk about getting through the COVID-19 crisis, advice for supply chain logistics professionals. Now, back in December, when many of us were putting, you know, supply chain and predictions for 2020, none of us envisioned Uh, you know, the situation that the world finds itself in today because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And, um, you know, when it's all said and done, um, you know, there's going to be many lessons learned. But one of the key questions for today is, you know, how can supply chain logistics professionals navigate, you know, through this crisis? And and that's really going to be the main focus of our conversation today. And as always, it's great to have Chris on the program to share his insights and advice on this timely and important topic. So Chris, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thanks, Adrian.
0: So, so, Chris, I mean, the last time you and I talked uh, was actually right at the beginning of the year. You were planning for your user conference. And I know you were talking to, you know, many of your customers at that time, and, and you know, unfortunately, the conference had to get, you know, postponed or canceled, like, uh, just about every event right now, but you have been in, you know, communications with many of your your customers leading up, you know, to where we are today, so I, I know that, um, you've know, you got a good pulse on on kind of, at least from your customer base and the companies you deal with in terms of what's happening out there right now. So why don't we start there? I mean, what are you hearing from supply chain logistics professionals in terms of the challenges that they're facing because of coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic?
1: All right. Well, I'd say, Adrian, it just, it's really easy to describe. It's not, the, the problem is huge, but it's easy to describe is that we're seeing really what I call a case of extremes that that companies are either finding their business models totally disrupted and quite frankly don't have business or very little business to um, the opposite, which is companies who um, they're they're trying to service hyper-exaggerated markets um, and they're scrambling to to get it done. So it it really kind of falls into those um, two buckets. And, And so you can imagine, and we work with a a broad array of people. Think of it as, uh, We work with airlines, and you know what's going on there. Uh, yet they're now scrambling to figure out how to handle air cargo. Uh, we work uh, with uh, um, you know leading uh, DIY companies who are just you know uh, trying to figure out how to so- uh, source their demand and get the fulfillment uh, done, home delivery. Um, same thing in the in the pharmaceutical you know uh, pharmacy world. You know where the demand is up uh, tremendous. So. Really just uh, quite a varied situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, those, those two extremes, I think you could, you, you actually see that uh, just what you're seeing with unemployment, right? So today the numbers came out, you know, weekly unemployment claims, I think it was 3.3 million, which is, you know, orders of magnitude greater than what it has been. But then you see on the flip side, you see companies like, you know, Walmart and Amazon and, and CVS and others that are, you know, planning to hire you know, hundreds of thousands of people in response to kind of the impact on their business. So I think you kind of you see, I think that's an that's a, a, you know, indicator of these the extremes that, that you've talked about. Um, so, so let's dive into some of the things that I think, you know, a lot of people are talking about today and, and are dealing with today. Um, you know, starting with, uh, you know, social you know, distancing. I mean, what actions should supply chain logistics operations take in response to this call for social distancing and, and how can technology help perhaps?
1: Well it's a you know it is it's a huge challenge in the following sense that you, you think of like home delivery, last mile delivery, the your drivers uh, and their helpers if you have them and so forth, they're really on the front lines there. And and so if you think about this, what we we've gotta be able to do is get them out of what I'll call a lot of the traditional interactions that we've seen. So the the, the interesting part of this is there's been a huge push for, you know, uh proof of delivery, sign on glass, you know and so forth uh but that what that involves is handing a device to a customer to then sign it okay and then get it back in your hands and and so we've uh gotten requests from customers for a little bit of help there in terms of changing some of their workflows to get out from under Uh, i'll call it the a a touch-based or contact-based proof of deliveries um quite frankly other customers are doing it on their own uh but we're seeing all of this and so you know simple things like take a picture you know of the goods in, in the location you're in. If you're doing GPS tracking, you can verify exactly where it was. You can even take a picture of the person next to the goods. So we're, we're telling people to be a little creative there. Um, uh, you know. And the other things uh, we've seen are, for instance, just getting away from paper-based processes. Uh, again, handing paper to someone is something that, uh, and if you don't know this, COVID virus can exist for quite a number of hours on, on paper. Uh, You don't want to have to hand it to somebody, even then for them to sign it, believe it or not, people still do that or just documentation. Make this all electronic. Um, um, And then really the last thing we've seen is that I'll call it the getting away from some really traditional processes that people have had. For instance, drivers having to show up and then go inside to say, hey, we've arrived, you know, and so forth and using electronic notifications. Um, And this doesn't matter whether you have a fleet or using uh, 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 commercial uh, vehicles. There's GPS technology now that can track all of that, and if you will minimize the amount of time that the driver actually has to uh, interface with the uh, with the either the people on the end of a pickup or uh, a delivery. Yeah, you
0: know, those are, those are all great examples. I mean, obviously, with all the technology that's come, you know, into into uh, use right now with you know geofencing and GPS and, and all that you know certainly this is a you know kind of a catalyst to kind of like leverage those technologies for, for the uses that you just talked about right now in terms of verifying that you know the uh the, the the driver and the truck and the package actually arrived at that you know particular location and then combining that with a photo i think uh you know kind of helps in in getting away from that i just this week you know i just you just forget about things you know i was outside with my son and fedex showed up with uh a delivery for my son actually he had ordered uh, new running sneakers and i immediately started walking toward him to get it so to to save him the walk to my front porch and uh, he immediately put his hands up he says you know what i'm just gonna leave it right here you know and i said oh you're right you're right i'm sorry you know and uh again it's just now this um you know i think they've got a sensitivity obviously because they're in the front lines of, of this the drivers and the warehouse workers and everybody that's that's doing this so i think to the extent that technology can leverage this to Uh, you know, uh, help enable social distancing and help protect, you know, the health and and safety of those that are on the front lines of this, uh, I think is is, uh, important. Now, you know, related to to social distancing, I mean, how can companies enable, again, social distancing for for their supply chain logistics personnel? I mean, what what impact is is working from home, you know, having?
1: Well, this one is one I'd say that uh, is not just a logistics uh, problem, if you will, but also I'll call it just the a technology problem for a lot of companies that trickly have had uh legacy solutions that they use that uh you know they're on premise they literally sometimes this may sound crazy but um you still amaze how many people have uh systems that sit under their desks that they use and so forth and and with a lot of the uh regulations that are going on right now in terms of uh let's say non-essential businesses and so forth they're technically supposed to be shut down so you can't necessarily have IT people going into your office to maintain these systems. And and so what we've seen is requests for people to upgrade from uh, older technologies to be cloud-based. Um, and um, and so this has been kind of a big deal here. Um, uh, you know, I think that's quite frankly going to, uh, I'm not going to say s- spell the end of that kind of situation, but it's really going to, I think, push it along here. Um, the other thing is that, um, if, you, if you view this as uh, uh, like a lot of organizations, and we're, by the way, we're one of the people that recommends this in normal times, which is, for instance, centralized planning for, for transportation, whether it's your fleet or commercial. Uh, it, it's a best practice out there. There's no, no in normal times, you really should not have people in the field uh, uh, if you can avoid it and really bring them together. And, and I'll skip all the reasons why, because they don't matter now. So now what's happened is you, you have really distributed environments again. Um, uh, and, and so the question there is, what are you putting in place for better coordination um, uh, and control with your with your workforce that's really managing, for instance, your, your transportation or supply chain operations here? So I think these are things that, that um, we're going to see be revisited, uh, because I guess my other point would be is, um, and I know this is our own company. Uh, conversation and i'm sure for many people that are listening here or watching today um is that companies are not going to go back completely to offices i think there are going to be parts of businesses that recognize they run really pretty well distributed um people actually in a lot of cases may not want their 45 minute killer commute and would love to be able to work from home and so i think we're going to see this as a changing level set so systems and how they help people conduct the work, not just what the work is, but conduct it uh, on a distributed basis is going to be a big deal.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, we, we're actually doing with our Indago community, uh, you know, this week, a question around, you know, what what early lessons learned would be or what, what would be some of the changes that they foresee happening in supply chains, um, you know, when it's all said and done. And what you just said right now is is one of the things that's coming up on top in, in, in the survey is, you know, the recognition that, you know the ability to be able to work remotely uh, and be able to still run your operations efficiently and effectively when you've got a distributed workforce, uh, and be able to tap into you know the systems as you just noted. Uh, you know, as you were talking back back there, I, I was reminded of you know uh, one of the last conferences I went to this year before everything got canceled was the Food Shippers of America conference, and Billy Bean, you know, spoke at it from uh, you know the Oakland A's, and and the kind of the the quote that I loved that he said that I I wrote up was. Yeah, you can't run your business um, in 2020 as if it's still 1999. And right. I think, right. you know, I think a lot of systems out there, is it, forget about 1999, they may have systems that are 1989 or 1979. And I think in situations like this, where you've got these mandates to only essential workers being in the office and so forth, um, you know, where people are now disconnected from these systems that they they need to run their their business if they're not on the cloud or if they don't have some kind of a, a way to tap into it, so I think that's a that's a key lesson learned. I think for, for many companies that, you know, have been operating on these outdated systems or don't have a good way to you know tap into that. Um, you know, one of the things you said earlier, you, you talked about you know business models having you know starting to adapt, and, and we're certainly seeing that um, you know in a very different way, in a variety of different ways in response to this crisis. I mean, what other types of of changes to operations and business models are are happening, and you know how severe are they? Uh, you know, from a supply chain logistics perspective.
1: Uh, actually, some things are really simple, and other things are—I'll call it—much more monumental. But uh, you know, I got a few to share uh, based on what we're we're seeing. So, one thing I would tell everybody is, if if you've got a routing system or your transportation management system, if you haven't adjusted your road speeds to, to run faster, your your times to be shorter, um, you're really missing a huge opportunity. And I will just give a quick example: we had. A, Customer who um, noticed uh, they use uh, our mobile technology and they noticed their drivers were coming back in really early at getting everything done but you know an hour or more or less time to to um, uh, get the get the routes run and so uh, they thought about it and it's like, hey you know uh, think there's no traffic on on the uh, road and uh, and so they increased the road speeds um, their um, de- deliveries per hour went up thirty seven percent and uh, You know, that's pretty amazing. One simple road speed factor change here. So it could be just that quick, and especially for these businesses now that are really scrambling uh, to get, um, you know, meet the demand that's out there. Another thing that really fits in that same model is looking at uh, a rerouting or strategic routing exercise. Um, There's technology now that makes it a lot simpler to do. You can do it with your existing systems in a lot of cases. uh, But given the conditions of change, good or bad, uh, you really should look at the routes particularly if you have more uh call it master routes or static routes um uh you know these kinds of volume changes and it doesn't take a lot um uh really put the existing routes you run in jeopardy and again if you're looking for more capacity this is a quick way to to uh to get some wins there um some other ones that we're seeing in the in the e-commerce space is uh we're seeing companies come to us for um warehouse process automation that's not physical automation as a matter of fact one of the interesting comments is that I uh, was just talking with the uh, uh, one of the leads in that area for us is that, uh, uh, like, you know, is this going to put into question robotic automation uh, in warehouses? Because they don't scale, right? And so if you really are looking at adding capacity, it's it, I hate to say it's people-based, but you need to be smart about how you do that. So we are getting requests from, I'll call it e-commerce companies primarily, where their businesses have taken off because people are buying online as opposed to they can't even buy in stores in many cases, right? So we're seeing that. Uh, Equally, for those people that have stores, um, there's literally hundreds of millions of dollars in inventory that's sitting out there that's trapped in stores that people didn't do ship from store. Now, in our perspective and what we've seen is that you can actually do this really pretty quickly. There there are um, low end, um, when I say low end, good capability, but not expensive, uh, partial shipping uh, solutions that literally can go up in minutes. So you can actually uh, conduct business from your store with the inventory you have. I mean, many of them have been thinking about, gee, should I be sending this inventory back, which is a, just a nightmare right now um, to even contemplate. So this is another good example. Um, same thing for um, home delivery. We're seeing the notion of a pop-up home delivery. Uh, a lot of companies, and it's not just a North American phenomena, that didn't do it now are realizing that they have to do home delivery. It could be butchers or you know all kinds of folks like that that um, you wouldn't have thought about before um, are looking for um, uh, those capabilities. And and the other part of it is also uh, how do you enable that leveraging the gig economy? And what I mean by that is not necessarily going to one of the um, uh, 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 you know technology enabled delivery organizations. That's not that they're bad, but that people are looking at how do I basically add that, for instance, to my existing fleet. I, I already have, for instance, 50 vehicles as an example, and I need uh, you know 10 more for capacity. Can I bring people in on a contract basis where we don't even have to do things like register them? All right, literally can they download a phone app and, and, uh, uh, and then use that um, you know, as part of their business? Um, one thing I did want to talk about uh, just for a second and something that you know we, we, we're trying to do to help some of our uh, customers out there is that we operate the uh, technology that really uh, uh, is the lar- that enables the, a, a network a nationwide network as a matter of fact of pool distributors all right and these folks have traditionally done most of their business in retail especially retail which is as you know largely shut down um, uh, one of the things that uh, they these folks have Great capability in his last mile so think of home delivery um, and uh, if anybody's looking for incremental capacity that sees this uh, I'm more than willing to introduce you to those uh, organizations this is not anything that uh, related to Descartes per se it's really to help them uh, because a lot of them have had you know 80 90 percent of their delivery uh, volumes just uh, just cease to happen so we really want to help these companies you can get a hold of me at C Jones at descartes.com so that's uh, c-j-o-n-a-s at d-e-s-c-a-r-t-e-s.com so um this is a, something we're more than willing to help people uh with because it's such a big deal right now uh for delivery capacity
0: you know that that's great and i think you know i think one of the the the, the positives that comes out of this um and you just gave an example there is you know, and I see this all all on LinkedIn and Twitter and everything else where people across the logistics community looking to help each other out in, in ways that, you know, to benefit each other, whether it's, you know, drivers, whether it's logistics providers that are, you know, like you just said right now that, you know, a big part of their business is gone because of the shutdowns, but they've got operations and technology and people and so forth that they can lend their expertise and capabilities in other areas. I think being able to, uh, you know, lend that helping hand, I think is, uh, you know, is, is important. Um, and all, all the other examples, I mean, as you were talking and giving all those examples, you know, you know, as challenging as everything is right now, um, on, the, on the flip side, you, you, you kind of recognize that, you know, we are at a time where, you know, technology exists, business models exist, and so forth that didn't exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that is helping us at least uh, dampen the impact somewhat, you know, because if this had happened 20 years ago uh, to this extent, um, you know, our, our ability to respond would have been much more limited than it is today because of, you know, where we are with with technology and, and on the, on the traffic front, I, I hear you. I mean, I listen to the traffic report every morning and here in the Boston area, as you know very well, Chris, you know, it's bumper to bumper every morning and now it's like a, uh, it's like the weatherman in Arizona. You know, every, every day is beautiful there. Now here, it's uh, you know, it's uh, you know, speed limit uh, across the, all the roads heading into Boston because everyone's at at home right now. Um, you know, uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit. I mean, one one of the first shocks that companies experienced, um, you know, as a result of of this you know crisis, was you know, supply disruptions from, you know, from China when that country was essentially shut down, you know, for for a number of weeks and. Yeah you know, so therefore finding you know alternate sources of of supply has been a ch- a challenge and a priority for for many companies any advice or recommendations when it comes to supplier sourcing
1: Yeah there's uh i guess this is a crazy situation now and at your point China took a pretty big hit uh, it's interesting how quickly they're coming back online uh it's still going to be a bumpy ride for a little while there's like a huge imbalance in containers uh right now and you know and plus they've done some things around uh quarantine, thats going to slow down uh, distribution. But if you think about what's happening, is that they're coming up, but yet you have places now take some extremes like uh, Italy that have you know that have gone into lockdown, have been now for a couple of weeks. Uh, Spain's in a similar situation. The UK just went and did that. So what we're going to see is just a, really a movement of of, um, of of capacity issues, and and so um, you know for a lot of people the way. That, think about this is that they know their supply chain, right? Um, and in some cases, you know, there's very few supply sources. So you really can say, you know, maybe an int- you know the industry, right? But for a lot of companies, they really actually don't know all of the suppliers that exist uh, uh, for the kinds of products that they that they make, right? And um, um, so, so uh, what we have seen, and, uh, and there are technologies out there that basically uh, capture global trade. All right, and the idea behind that is, think of the movement of goods and having the file uh, uh, manifests and so forth uh, between countries. And and a lot of that data is actually publicly available. It's amazing, matter of fact, how much that's publicly available. So what, in essence, you can do is you can find out trade flows between countries. It has, for instance, where they were produced, who produced them, where they went, and so forth. Um, And so there's a lot of things that you can do to to discover alternate sources uh, that exist, all right? So, it's, and it's not even just a question of like who who else is making what I need that's already shipping into the U.S. But there's a lot of cases where the, those similar things that you need, okay, are being ma- manufactured and shipped around the globe, but not into the U.S. So there are alternate supply sources that that exist, and and so with these global trade intelligence solutions, you can really pretty quickly drill down into. Um, uh, you know, into that universe. And that's the way to think about it. It's not a supply chain. It's the whole, it's the universe. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and find these other sources. Now, there's two other pieces to this that we think are very important these days.
0: One of them is you need to then now
1: say, okay, Hey, I have options out there, but, uh, what are the tariffs associated with those options? Right. Um, and then the the other part of that is, um, uh, you know, is this someone I can actually do business with, you know, with a uh, a restricted party uh, uh, activity that's going on, especially with the U.S. government and and be honest with a lot of other governments as well, you you know, you you have to make sure that you can work with somebody who um, uh, is uh, not on uh, a a government uh, uh, sanctioned list. So this is kind of a big deal. Now, what's interesting and something that we're uh, doing as part of this whole process is uh, and I'll just give the example. So if you look at the last two years, okay, uh, with the uh, uh, trade uh, um, tariffs that have gone on between the U.S. and, and China, all right? Um, there has already started to be movement uh, of uh, manufacturing out of China because of this, all right? Um, people are looking for lower you know, duties. Uh, they don't wanna pay this incremental 25%, as an example. And quite frankly, a lot of companies have woken up to, I'll call it being sole source, single source, um, or, or single country even. So uh, just as a simple example, I can tell you that uh, over the last two years that um, uh, in, in the area of furniture, that there, there's been a, a shift from China into countries like Vietnam. And Vietnam's capacity in the last two years, what they're actually shipping in furniture is up 30%. So you actually have new suppliers coming online because of that. This is what we're going to see uh, with COVID-19, right? The other part that we're also going to see is, because as I mentioned earlier, it's moving around the globe, is we're going to see this uh, trade uh, 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 or supply um, issue, uh, I'll call it travel, just like COVID-19 is traveling, right? Um, And so what we really uh, recommend is that companies keep an eye on on those volumes and so forth, look at the countries that they're they're sourcing from in terms of what's happening there. I'm sure most people are really on top of this. What they usually don't know is where else can I go? And we think that's a, a huge opportunity to help people.
0: Yeah, good, great examples there. And I mean, I think, I think going back to kind of this whole supplier discovery, you know, aspect of it, I think mean, that's a great, you know, case study or example of business intelligence and analytics kind of leveraging, you know, aggregating all that data that exists out there and then being able to put that in a format and a capability to quickly, at least more quickly than ever, right, uh, be able to, you know, understand these trade flows and understand where you, potentially you can find these sources of supply. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, compliance because it's one thing to find the supplier. It's another thing to uh, you know know whether you can actually do business with them, whether they're in a restricted, uh, whether they're a restricted party or they're a country that we might have, you know, some sanctions with or so forth. So I think all of that together, I think is, is critically important. Uh, well, Chris, I mean, as, as a way to wrap up, I mean, um, you know, certainly things are going to continue to develop and evolve, you know, in the days and weeks ahead and perhaps even months and years uh, ahead as, as a result of this. But what's your supply chain and, and logistics Professionals keep in mind as they continue to navigate through this crisis.
1: Well, you know, I've been using the word recently pivot. People talk about flexibility, but flexibility isn't, isn't about being fundamental in changing what they're doing. And, you know, so a lot of things we're talking about or what companies are facing is pivoting their businesses. Right. Um, uh, but from a, a logistics technology or supply chain technology, uh, both the end user and IT perspective, I think there's a couple things that really need to happen here. And and where we're focusing as a company is, I'll call it, where can we make a difference quickly? <coughs> Excuse me. And we think that's how uh, the professionals in our business should be really focusing. And I'm sure that's what their, their leaders are saying. But, but the traditional, I'll call it buying, implementing, uh, you name it, uh, processes, they need to really get changed here. Um, uh, a lot of people have very elaborate, uh, and this is both business and IT, uh, uh, processes for making changes. And I'm not just talking about having to buy technology, but say, hey, we're going to do something differently." Um, they really need to go out the window at this point in time. It's more along the lines of what can we do where we can make a difference here quickly, as I mentioned. Now, um, so the other key part of it that, that we would say is that, Another challenge that, that we traditionally see is that the uh, real focus on being complete, you know, I need to have everything. Well, that's not going to work here. And that's both in feature function, if you will, okay, uh, but it's also an in integration. So, really, the 80 20 rule does apply here. What gets you along the path that you want to get to that adds the value? I mean, that to us is where um, people need to be. And when it comes to integration, I hate to say it, but sne- sneaker net could be fashionable again here if it's what causes you to do uh, you know, uh, add value to your business. And, you know, I mentioned before about the in-store shipping, you know, forget about having to integrate this into your, your systems. If you have an easy way to do it, then Hey, super for you. Right. But in reality, it's a, Hey, can you, can you use your point of sale system to basically capture the, the business? And can you just then, you know, type that or take that out? You know, even simple things like, Oh, I put it all in Excel and I'll just throw it in there. Um, it's not elegant okay, but it's incredibly effective, and in these times, that's really what matters. You can come back later and decide that you want to really kind of tighten things up and make them more perfect, but, you know, you know you've know, got to, it's about getting it and getting it done quickly right now is really what matters.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree, you know, the, the speed versus, you know, perfection, you know, type of, uh, you know, trade-off, and I think you're right. I mean, I think in normal times, you know, we do have the luxury of time, and, and there's little or no risk out there. Um, you, know, you can take your time, but, um, I think right now, I think as companies are trying to, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a question of pivoting in many cases. Um, and, um, and unfortunately for some, in some cases it's a question of survival, right? So it's really, you know, uh, you know, moving, moving quickly here and, and keeping the the broader, you know, perspective. Well, Chris, as always, I always enjoy your, your insights and advice. I think um, like, you know, this is going to continue to evolve and change, but I think you provided some, some great examples and some practical advice, you know, for folks to really think about um, as they continue to move forward with this. Again. Thank you for making the time to be with us today.
1: Well, it's a pleasure, Adrian. You know, these are, you know, quite severe times and whatever we can do to help uh, both, you know, our customers and others, we're happy to do it.
0: Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Descartes website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for uh, Chris, you can post it there and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond uh, via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day. Okay,
1: thanks.